Hey everybody, this is Rafe Telsch, and this is episode 49 of Have Not Seen This, a weekly in-depth look at a much-beloved movie, selected specifically by our guest that they're a little surprised when they find out people have not seen. Hope everyone is having a great week out there. This is episode 49, which means we are moving close to episode 50. That will be next week, and I've got a big announcement that will be coming with episode 50. No, I'm not canceling the podcast. It's something else, but an announcement that will be worth tuning in to listen to next week. I hope you're enjoying the show because these are the movies you've got for right now. Uh, The news, of course, this week was that another major chain is shutting down their theaters yet again until 2021. So most of our blockbuster films that we were looking forward to seeing in theaters are not going to be coming to theaters and the theaters are shutting down. So our home video, our streaming services, these are the movies we we get to watch. So hopefully this show not only entertains you with an hour-long conversation, but maybe inspires you to go watch the movie we're talking about or the movies that pop up during the algorithm says. So I hope this is a positive experience for you and gives you some ideas of some things to watch. This week is our very first Australian Australian guest. We've had some international guests before, but uh, got the chance to talk to someone from down under, and he picked a movie that represents his country. This is Chris from the Generation Random podcast, and he picked a movie I had never heard of called Hercules Returns from 1993, and it is a very curious film. It is available on YouTube of all places for free, so I do recommend checking out this movie. We actually don't spoil a lot of the film, which is a change for our our kinds of conversations. So it's totally worth checking out, especially if you like what we have to say about it. I will say the conversation is great about the movie, but the language does get a little bawdy. Uh, I always have the explicit warning on this podcast because I want my guests to have the freedom to talk however they want to talk. And Chris takes full advantage of that. And I, I love it, but I some of you may be a little uh, sensitive to that. So just to make you aware, this is uh, not going to be a work-safe podcast to listen to without headphones. But here we go with Chris from Generation Random as we discuss 1993's Hercules Returns. So you're the first Australian guest. I've, I've had several international guests on the show, but I haven't had an Australian before. What's the movie-going experience like in Australia? I guess it's pretty normal to, I mean, your uh, your American ways, except, I don't know, we have uh, what we call tight-ass Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> and that's actually what they're actually called, Tight Ass Tuesdays, and that is where all tickets for um, movies are like half price on a Tuesday. So usually you'll roll up after school or after work or something, you'll get your family together or and you'll go down at night time and watch a movie on a Tuesday because it's half price or you'll you'll skip school or skip <laughs> work just to go see that movie. And most most movie premieres, like if it's a brand new movie, it will come out on a Thursday. So you wait the weekend and then go see it on the Tuesday just so you can save money. Gotcha. Okay. I was looking at like box office numbers for something that'll come up later in the show. And I just was astonished at how different uh, a successful movie in Australia is compared to a successful movie in, in America. You know, like the, the box office numbers in Australia are a lot lower. Do people not tend to see movies in the theater as much, or do you think it's because of them going on a cheaper day? Or oh, it's just so fucking expensive. <laughs> you got to take out a small loan to go to the cinema these days. 
I mean, bother to, if you, you say you're taking a date, like the old take a girl, you're better off going to an expensive res- um, Italian restaurant. You'd, you'd spend less than going to the cinema. After two tickets, you know, food, popcorn, everything like that, usually it's about 120 bucks of two of you. So, Holy cow. Yeah, it's, it's it's expensive. Like tickets are like, so you're looking at about 20, 25 to $30 a ticket. So there's there's 50 bucks for two of you's already. Um, and then pop, like a popcorn a medium popcorn meal is around about 20, 22 bucks. Um, and then if you get two of them, that's 40. So there you go, about a hundred bucks already. And then if you get like Maltesers or what they call um, a choc cone, which is like a, just like a choc, like a uh, ice cream cone with a like hard, the hard choc on it. Um, you get one of them, they're like seven or eight bucks. So yeah, it's, uh, it gets expensive, mate. Very expensive. So just people just don't, we, we just pirate movies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so many things uh, to touch upon. First of all, because um, you you sent me a message a couple of days ago before I watched the movie that if there was anything Australian, just bring it up and you would explain it. What is a Maltese? A Maltese? Um, it's a oh, how do you explain it? So Maltesers, <laughs> Maltesers are like little chocolate, but they're not chocolate. They're like chocolate layered, but they're like. Um, do you guys have crispy M and M's? Yes. Think of the inside of a crispy M&M, but like thickly covered in chocolate. Okay. And they're round, like round balls the size of a, a marble. So is it like a malted milk ball? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I okay. guess that's why they call them Maltesers. Okay, that they're makes sense. They're just an Australian thing, I guess. I, I, did, I, I never realized, I never, the things you learn when you uh, when you talk to other people around the world that you think, oh, they, they've got them all over the world. But no, they don't, obviously. Well, they they might have them in larger areas in the states. I don't know. Have them in England. I think they're they're an Australian kind of English thing, you know. Ah, okay. We're all, okay. we're always tied to those wankers, so. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, you, you, you did. That is? <laughs> it, you you didn't have the war that we had to break away from them. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we Australians are lazy. We we'd never have a civil war here in Australia. We get halfway through it and go, fuck it, I just want a beer. And then we just all sit down and just drink and forget about it. Like, let's. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right, so, is film piracy uh, a big thing in Australia? Oh, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> it's so expensive to go to the movies. Everyone just, everyone just, yeah, everyone just gets a Netflix account or they fucking, and even then. We buy a Netflix account and then we put a VPN on it so we can get the American Netflix so we can watch all the movies you guys have got. So. <laughs> yeah, that's becoming more and more of a practice, uh, which I think is hilarious because I have talked to people in other countries who do exactly that. And meanwhile, here in America, we're using a VPN to get content from other countries that we can't get. So, oh, Seriously, if Netflix looked at my account, they'd be like, Jesus, he travels from America to Australia like really fast. Like, like he's traveled from America to Australia within about mm, 10 minutes. How's he done that? <laughs> Superman. We just, we, oh, Superman. shoot. We gave up your, we gave up your, your secret identity here. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's I'm a shit superhero anyway. <laughs> Cause laziness, I guess. Yeah. Just laziness. <laughs> you in trouble? Pfft, you'll be sweet, mate. Don't worry about it. 
So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure the, the movie theaters and, and such there have kind of been affected by COVID as well. Um, but it sounds like even if it wasn't, you wouldn't go that frequently. So what's the last movie you saw in theaters? Holy shit. Um, fuck, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> the Hobbit. Oh, wow. No, okay. no, I lie. I'm sorry. I lie. I lie. I went on a date with my missus and we went and watched Deadpool 2. Ooh. Well, that's more recent and that's that's a good one to pick. <laughs> but but the, Hob- the, the Hobbit would have been the one before that. We, I don't go much and when we do, it, it's a date night. So it's when we get rid of the kids, we um, go, right, Ma, we go to grandparents and go, right, they're your fucking problem here, take them. Um, <laughs> we- <laughs> We're going out for a steak, a fucking beer, and let's go watch a flick. And I always tell my missus no fucking popcorn because that shit's expensive. No, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> so, do you are you a movie? Per- I mean, you're picking some pretty big blockbuster type movies that you're talking about. Is that is that what you like? Do you consider yourself a movie person? I'm massive. I'm a massive movie person. I pirate a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> I, I'm 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 weird with my movies though. Um, I, I guess I, I'm weird because my dad was kind of weird with movies. Like I do, um, I do a movie review show now, so I'm watching actually more movies now um, than I ever did. But the difference is, is my show we we give each other shitty movies to watch, so I'm actually watching more shitty movies now than I ever did. Um, movies I don't actually want to watch, but I'm forced to watch. Um, so, like what? But, uh, I don't know like. My, my old man's, because I do the show with my old man, so he gives me all these weird and wonderful movies. He gave me um, the 1969 Valley of Gawanji. <laughs> so that was that was a bit of fun. But last week's one was even fun. It was, um, what was it, Plan 9 from Outer Space. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was that was like an hour and something I'll never get back. <laughs> but that's that's like a classic iconic bad movie. Like you have to see that one if you ever want to talk about bad movies. Uh, you know what? Bella Gosa played a dead person on that film, and I swear to God, I think he was dead in real life when he was doing he, it. Like, he was. Did you not know that? Uh, I did. I did. But I'm just saying the way he looked in the movie, it's right. like he was an actual fucking zombie. Like because the way he, 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 I feel like he just took the role because you know what he had nothing else to do and he just needed a little bit of money. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he dies early in the production of it, so a lot of the shots are not him. They're like a chiropractor or a doctor or something with the uh, cloak pulled up over his nose, so that it's that it it looks like it's Legosi, but it's not. <laughs> Is it Ed, was it Edward that uh, directed it? It was. Yes. And he's like, I, I reckon he's like the old school Tommy Wasno. Uh- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except for I would even say more talented than Tommy, Tommy Wise now. No, I think Tommy's more talented. I watched that film and I was like, Tom, I think Tommy, if he had the same budget, he would have done a better production. <laughs> okay. All right. So the podcast is called Have Not Seen This. Um, what are your have not seen this movies? What are movies that people are surprised when they find out you have not seen? That's a really weird question. That's a really hard question because I've seen a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like dramas though. Like most, a lot of dramas, people um, like say, "Oh, if you like seeing these movies, movies that don't really interest me." But let's, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, twelve. Uh, you know, movies that interest me, but I haven't seen is like, um, is it 12, 12 Years a Slave? Yeah, 
I haven't seen that. Um, that one's good. Yeah, I've I've heard I felt it's brilliant. I haven't seen the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and the bear. What was that called? The Revenant. No, I haven't seen that. And people say, "Okay, hey, to see that." I, I have not seen that one yet either. So yeah, I haven't seen. There's not there's not much in new movies that I I haven't seen. I, I kind of dive in. I mean, COVID is really COVID is really giving me a lot of time. And I, I'm an I'm a night out. I just, everyone goes to bed so early, and then I'm up. Like I've just I've just smashed. I've just smashed the extended versions of Lord of the Rings in like a, a day and a half. Oh, I love doing that. I start. Well, I, I get. I get in these. I get in these moods with movies. Like I start playing a video because I'm a big video game person. I start playing a video game that's linked to a movie, and then be like, "Oh fuck, I got to watch a movie now." Like, I mean, playing the old school Battle for Middle Earth game. Okay. On computer, and then like it just brought back everything, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta go play. I gotta watch Lord of the Rings." And then I'm like, watching Lord of the Rings. I'm like, go to fire it up. And the extended versions, and here you go, here's one. I haven't seen the extended versions yet. Oh. It's been out, and I've never seen the extended version. I think it was just because, fuck, they're, they're long-ass movies as it is. I, yes. I'll, I'll wait a while. But I'm re-watching. I'm on the last one now. I, well, I've just finished the last one, and they're, like, totally fucking different movies. I'm like, I don't remember any of this. or like wow this just makes total sense now why the fuck did they not put that in the original movie so um yeah so that that was it was yeah it's been it's been like a brand new movie to me which is really it's really exciting it's like i'm reliving it again i'm fanboying yeah no i totally get that i i used to try to watch the the whole trilogy, the extended versions once a year, just because they're, they're so magnificent. And I've taken a couple of years off and I was thinking I might try and do that later this year. And then it dawned on me that I have not rewatched the Hobbit movies since I saw them in theaters. So I might have to visit them again. Well, here's a question for you. What movie when it's on TV, do you always watch? I was just talking about this with some friends last night. For me, one of the, there's a couple, but the big one is, Oh brother, where art thou by the Coen brothers? I haven't and seen that. I just discovered it's on Amazon Prime, so it's like, will my TV show anything other than that movie for the next, you know, foreseeable future? Because I can just put it on whenever now. I have all access, all power. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move from Lord of the Rings and Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Deadpool into your pick for this week, uh, which is Hercules Returns from 1993. Written by Des Mangan, directed by David Parker, starring David Argue, Michael Carmen, Mary Costas, Bruce Spence, Des Mangan, and Sally Patience. This is a story of one man's dream. Brad McBain, a man against the system who dared to go his own way and found the system didn't like it. I don't like competition. I squash it. Who nonetheless prevailed. But in the cruel dog eat dog world of picture distribution, disaster struck. Right. I got a problem. What? Good luck. The film, it's an Italian. It's an Italian! McBain knew he had just one short night to prove himself and hold his dream. We'll dab it. Yes. We'll dab it. We'll do the voices. And he met the mighty challenge like a hero of old. Father, I am but mere mortal. I am nothing but the toe jam from between your mighty feet. (laughs) Daring, like Hercules, 
to endure any labor, perform any task, bear any burden that heaven might bring. Hercules, a man who took pride in his appearance. Samson, here already? God, he can't see me like this. I haven't got enough baby oil on my muscles. Ta-da, I'm here. A man who knew no fear. It'll take more than two of you. A man with a song in his heart. The Great Pretender. Yeah, look, I could come out like this, okay? <clears throat> oh, yes, I'm the great... Uh, uh, it's fine, Eggie, it's fine. Hercules returns very soon to a cinema near you. See it while hope still sings in the human heart. I'll beg your pardon? So my first question is always, how do you describe this movie to someone who has not seen it? And I'm particularly curious to see how you answer this one because you didn't tell me anything about this movie i didn't watch a trailer i went in fully blind and uh about 20 minutes in was going what the hell has he picked for me to watch so how do you how do you describe this movie to someone who hasn't seen it how do you sell them on wanting to see it i try not to sell it on them because (laughs) if you tell them what it's about they kind of they it's it's one of those movies that you either gonna love it and think it's the fucking most hilarious thing you've ever seen, or you're gonna go, "This is a fucked film. I don't want to watch this. This is shit." Um, <laughs> and it, it's one of those films that is very. Um, I think the first twenty twenty five minutes can be very boring, and you're like, mm, what "The fuck is this shit?" Until you get to the actual what I call the real movie, and then that gets good. But how would I describe this? Um, I describe it as a as a as an Aussie bloke who uh, gets the shits of his job, um, tells his boss to get fucked, uh, buys his own own place, uh, and uh, <laughs> decides to decides to run the like. So he he works for a major cinema chain and he quits that because he's got the shits. He buys his own um, theater now. Any Aussie living in Melbourne, I'm, I'm in Sydney, but any Aussie living in Melbourne knows of the old picture palace that's in St Kilda, and that's what he buys. And he's decided that he wants to, you know, run all these old films um, in the old-fashioned way with ushers and everything like the old, you know, the old when you're younger, like the days of my dad who, you know, used to go watch the cartoons and everything like that, and they used to have ushers and popcorn, blah, blah, blah. And that's the way he wants to run it. But on opening night... Um, he decides to play the last movie that was played there before it was closed. And on opening night when they get the movie, <laughs> they realise the movie's in unsubtitled Italian. <laughs> and then in the last, di- like a last minute decision, they're like, in, in such a fucking Aussie way, they just go, fuck it, let's dub the movie. Let's just do it. Let's just dub the movie. Let's do the voices. We'll, we, we'll just fucking dub the whole movie over right here right there and um to me it's it's probably one of the best australian movies in terms of it's got such australian humor in it like it's a very big aussie humor movie and that's where i think it can get lost on uh other people like people outside of australia so that's where like a lot of americans and and a, a lot of english people like it, but a lot of americans won't get the humor or think it's a bit out there uh, but to an Australian, it's it's fucking hilarious. No, yeah, I mean, it's as you said, it's like the first ten to fifteen minutes is the story of this guy um, quitting his job and trying to start his own movie theater. And I was thinking, oh, well, this is this is you know the last picture show or or something like that. It's going to be on par with that, but it's but it's comedic. 
And then they get to the point where they discover the print is in Italian and they're going to dub it, but they're going to do it live. They're getting ready to show it to their audience and they're going to dub all the voices and, and such live. And I thought this was going to be like a five minute gimmick. And then they were going to move on with the story of this struggling, you know, the, the David versus Goliath type movie chain story. And no, that's, that's the, the meat of the movie is them doing this dub. Um, which once I realized that's what the movie was and it could just settle into it, I found it hilarious. Yeah. It's um, like, it just, you know, and then after like, when you look at the movie and then you think how much work must've gone into like picking what they should say when like the amount of times I would have had to watch it. Cause the original film that they use is called Samson's Big Challenge. I think that's what it's called in English, or mm-hmm. Samson's Great Challenge. Um, it's an actual real Italian movie. Right. Just to think that the, that the amount of times I would have had to watch that movie over and over, like Des Manningen, and watch that movie and hear him go, okay, I think this would be funny to say during this and this and this, and to keep the storyline uh, he's, he's quite remarkable. Like to me, it's to like what is said and done is, is hilarious, but like, to think about how much time and effort would have gone into watching that and then going, all right, this bit would have been funny to say this, to say this, to, to match the words with the actor's actions and, and their facial expressions as well it is, is brilliant. It's just, um, it's just amazing to me, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, I've always had uh, a lot of appreciation for like the MST3K crowd who they, they don't dub the movie. They just come up with quips for it, you know, and and of course they did riff tracks and, and that kind of stuff. So I've, I've always had an appreciation for how many times they must've watched the movie in order to get the right zinger in the right place. And that's nothing compared to, okay, let's tell a story it's not necessarily the story of this hercules movie but let's tell a story and and make it coherent because they do have a coherent story going on and it's funny and i can't imagine how many times they had to to watch it in order to plot all of that out and get the right one-liners in the right place and keep a coherent story going yeah like it's and just the the amount of aussie humor that's in it i mean i know it's 2020 now so a lot of a lot of the stuff that's in that movie wouldn't fly today if you right. know what I mean, like the way what they say and how they say it is just, yeah, the times have changed. But again, we're Australian, so we don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a there's a great say, there's a great saying is a great saying in the movie, and people in Australia say it all the time. So if you're being silky, you complaining, you just turn around and go, "Don't worry, you big girls blouse." Um, <laughs> that's just what you say. Like if somebody's whinging or something, calm down, you big girl's blouse. I mean, people would go insane over if, in America if they, if they were told that to each other. Yeah. Yeah, and they, there was actually a, a phrase in there I did want to, because most of it made perfect sense to me um, as far as, you know, references. But there was a phrase, they're, they're talking about how effeminate uh, Samson is, and there was a saying about being a visitor to Vegemite Valley. <laughs> um, do you want the uh, Do you want the elegant <laughs> or the rough or the rough answer? Whatever you want to give me. <laughs> <laughs> so Vegemite Valley is the Australian term for the uh, the anus. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, I got the gist of what he was saying, but I was like, that's got to be an Australian phrase that I'm not <laughs> familiar with. Because you know, Vegemite is uh, he's he's brown and sour tasting, so um, it's yeah, it smells and can taste like shit if you get the wrong if you put too much on. So yeah, it's uh, your uh, your anus is Vegemite Valley. You know, all these years I've heard of Vegemite. I've never gotten to try it, but I've never heard anybody describe it like that. So that's. I love it. It's just a lot of people don't like it because they put too much on. I mean, there's a right way and a wrong way to do Vegemite. The right way is like toast with a thin, like a thin layer of butter and then a very thin layer of um, Vegemite. And that's your golden sweet spot right there. With you guys, you just guys want to try and fucking eat it out of a, a spoon and then you hate it forever. Of course you're going to hate it. Or then you put it like a, a big fat slab of, of it on your toast. Not even Australians do that. So <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're going wrong, guys. That's where you're going wrong. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I I hope to visit Australia one day. I mean, frankly, at this point, I hope to visit anywhere that's not the states at some point. But uh, I do hope to visit Australia one day, and that's that's on my list of things to try there. I just you'll, haven't you'll gotten never there yet. Leave, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the beer is good. The women are hot. The men are ugly, so it's easy to pick up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break all your hearts, uh, ladies. We don't all look like the fucking Hemsworths. All right, they were genetically blessed. Um, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and you know, I, it doesn't happen. I originally was going to open with a uh, Hemsworth reference, and I decided not to do it, but you've made the reference for me. <laughs> All right, so this one was a tough one for the show not to watch, and we'll get into discussing it a little bit here in a minute. But, you know, I always pull in critical reviews, and th- this has does not have any reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It has no rating on Rotten Tomatoes an whatsoever. NA rating. Yes, an NA. Uh, so I had to dig around for reviews. I still managed to find a positive and a negative to bring in. So I'm going to read those. And, and then we there's some ideas here we can bounce off of or we can just go our own way here. Um, the positive comes from physicalimpossibility.com. Yes, that's what I had to resort to to find reviews for this. Um, it, they write, there are three main reasons why Hercules Returns is still interesting. One, because it's a David and Goliath tale of independent outsider art house cinetastes versus the bland cookie cutter corporate mainstream. Secondly, it belongs in a twin lineage of detournment and dub parody, repurposing trash as a weapon against lazy art. And finally, after all these years, it's just gloriously, stupidly funny. All right. So all I'm going to say to that is this guy's obviously not Australian. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because that was way too intense. Like any Australian would have go, yeah, it's fucking funny, mate. <laughs> like, can so, you? Can sounds you like sounds like Australian cinema critics uh, have an easy job. Uh, it's can funny. You, uh, it can sucks. you repeat the second one? Can you just repeat the second one again? The second point. Secondly, it belongs in a twin lineage of detournment and dub parody, repurposing trash as a weapon against lazy art. Yeah, that's how I know he's not Australian. <laughs> All right. The, the negative review comes from Mark Kermode of Empire. Oh, that, that was you, a good review, was it? 
That was the positive review. Yes. Uh, hit me. <laughs> uh, like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, all these low rent gags would be fine if shouted from the auditorium. In the cold recorded light of day, however, they smack horribly of a rugby knees up party record. There are some nice touches, notably Hercules's penchant for bursting into terrible song, but otherwise it's a sobering aftertaste of a joke best swallowed live and washed down with copious amounts of ale. While their stand-up performances were successful, it's shame that Mangan and Patience couldn't come up with a decent enough script for their own film after successfully changing so many others. The jokes are amusing, but are probably best suited to a live, spontaneous showing. Well, funny you should say that, because that's where it came from. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, oh, I forget the actual show now, but uh, Des Mang and Sally Patience actually um, were did these as as live shows, as a, like a comedy um, kind of sketch thing where they would do improv um, dubs of movies and, and, and shows. And this is where this, this thought came to him. He was like, they actually did, uh, I think the show's called Double Take. That's right. Double Take yes. it was called. Um, and he, he they did a double take on Hercules and that's what the show was called. It was a live show. And then that's where it kind of spun out. And then he was like, hey, you know, let's, Let's do let's do this whole movie now. You being American wouldn't know who Des Manigan is. So Des Manigan was the um, was the curator to my pubescent teenage love. Um, oh, I don't know how you explain it. The the you know the nights I spent in bed alone with my thoughts and no shorts. Um, so. <laughs> He's so uh, explaining explaining what he was. He said, "We have this uh, channel called SBS, which is um, I think it's called Seven Billion Stories or whatever. But you know, if you're Australian, you call it um, you call it soccer before sex because at ten o'clock there was always a, a an erotic show, like erotic TV show or movie come on, like a Japanese." you know, softcore porn or um, something like that. You know what I mean? And Des Manigan was always the person. You know the, how they used to have the old shows where um, somebody would talk about the show, give it like it was actual review before the movie played. Right. Well, that's who he was. So he used to, but he used to have all these like erotic films. I used to wait up until 10 o'clock. He used to go in the bedroom like, mum, you know, good night, son. Yeah, no, no, fuck off, mum. I'm going to touch myself in a minute. So, you know, <laughs> you'd, <laughs> you lock the door, you turn your TV on, you get, come on, Des, give me something good. Give me something good. What's tonight? Lesbian vampires. Fuck yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> lesbian vampires from Romania. Yes. Hot chicks with good accents. So, um, you know, that, that's who he was. And then he, he, he was a very funny guy. Well, he still is. He's still alive. Um, he's a very funny guy. And then you know, writing this was... Um, it was, it was brilliant. So, like I said, that 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 said, that negative is obviously he's not obviously Australian. Um, the way he, he wrote that, um, because an Australian would just go, "This is shit." <laughs> well, maybe that's why I couldn't find uh, Australian reviews because they're they're that short. <laughs> <laughs> the longest, I think, the longest Aussie review was a negative review, and it was a. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, mate. <laughs> well, there's a there's a, a be- beauty in simplicity sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, as I said, I did not know what I was getting into with this when they do when the movie turns to the overdub of the original 19 
uh, 60s Hercules movie, uh, it becomes something else. And it's like, I instantly fell in love with what I was watching. Like the very first scene of Hercules riding into this uh, field and having a conversation with Zeus. And I am, I am your toe gem beneath your mighty toe. Right, right, and and I know nearly every line of the movie, so it's fine. <laughs> Zeus, uh, Z- the the lightning hit it coming down around Hercules, and Zeus going, "Oh, I was aiming for you." He's like, "Ooh, a good shot." <laughs> I wasn't aiming for you, <laughs> right? Um, you know that that really just it, it's funny how that becomes the movie, and then every ten, fifteen minutes or so, they'll throw in a reminder that you're watching this story within a story that the actual yes. story is the the movie theater. And this is a story within that, but they don't break into that reminder very often. And I actually found that a, I appreciated that a lot that they didn't distract from what their goal was, which was to do this overdub with a reminder that there's this framing narrative. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, a, I would say it was like a, a quick throwback to either the audience laughing at a certain scene or it was just throwing back to what they're actually, which made it even funnier, like watching how they're getting certain sounds. Like, you know, in, in there's one fight scene, <laughs> there's one fight scene where they're like punching and everything. And then it cuts to them in the projection room and they're actually like beating the shit out of each other um, just to get the same, like the punching sounds and everything like that and throwing each other in water. And they're lighting, like when there's a fire, they're actually lighting like a, proper fire and everything in the in the projection room and it kind of I, I think it adds to it because you're like wow that's uh, like that's hilarious like they're just <laughs> they're doing everything they can to get that perfect sound but to, to dub it like they go on the extra mile and, and you just hit on two of the things that I had put down in my notes that you know when they when they have that fire they have a real bonfire going on <laughs> up in the projection booth which is ridiculous and then when they they doing the fight that takes them into the water they have flooded the projection booth it's not just a little pool of water it's the entire bottom of the you know like 4 inches of the projection booth is covered in water now <laughs> like uh, if if health and safety come in they they'd be shut down yeah and i i almost wonder like those those visual gags are funny but what I didn't know until I finished watching the movie and did the research is the characters, the, or I should say the actors that you're getting in that framing story, you know, played by um, Bruce Spence and uh, David Argue and, and Mary Kustas, uh, they're not the ones doing the dub. They no, actually, it's all Des Manigan and Sally, uh, Sally Patience. Right. So... It's kind of this weird disconnect because your story is supposed to follow these three actors, but they're not the ones actually doing the dub. They, my understanding is they hired these actors for the frame story because they were well known as opposed to Manigan and Patience. Which is weird because if you know who Mary Custis is, she could do a lot of the voices if she could. Like she actually has a, so Mary Custis isn't famous as Mary Custis in Australia. So if you if you went to if you went to any Aussie um, if you went to any Aussie and went oh uh, do you know Mary Custis ninety uh, percent of them would go who the fuck are you talking about <laughs> but if you went up to them and said hey do you know who Effie is they'd go yeah fuck yeah I know who Effie is so she plays a character she's played a character for years called Effie who's a really um, strong like ethnic Greek girl. 
Um, uh-huh. And she's had like shows. Um, she's been in movies. She's she's been this character in movies, shows, everything. So hardly anybody knows her as Mary Christmas. So <laughs> it, it'd be like it'd be like um, when The Rock started started first acting, and people mm-hmm. and then and then people referring to him as Dwayne Johnson when everybody knew him as The Rock. Right, and I've still seen memes uh, referencing people who actually think that Dwayne Johnson and The Rock are related. <laughs> are they the same person? No, they think they're brothers. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it's like. I remember watching. I remember watching this movie for the first time with a uh, with a friend, and he's like, "Fuck that, Mary Christmas looks like FEA," and I was like, "Yeah, there's a reason for that, man." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! But I do, I do say that same guy went, "Oh, Sprocket in the movie, man. He looks like the guy from Mad Max." And I was like, "Cause he fucking is." <laughs> right, right, yeah. And that's I, I have to admit, you know, not not an Australian. That was the one person I knew. I didn't know the other two uh, actors, but I did know Bruce Spence specifically because he's in all the Mad Max movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's 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 and he's actually a really nice guy in person as well. I'll say. Um, well, and when he's first introduced in this movie, I had no idea how big a guy he is. Yeah, he's like six foot five, six foot six. I think he's he's yeah. extremely tall in real life, like extremely tall. They they they, they didn't make him out as tall in Mad Max because uh, Mel Gibson, um, they didn't want him to tower over Mel Gibson. Because it right. kind of, I think it killed the allure of Mad Max is supposed to be this big, manly, you know, hero kind of thing, and it's it's more of it's more of um, yeah, it's all about perception and everything. And if you have a look, most of the shots in Mad Max of Bruce Spence, he's either sitting in the helicopter, or right. they've taken the the footage from like his waist up. Yeah, so that's and then that's exactly it. Is I, I I thought of that second part. I didn't think of him in the helicopter as much as just waist up shots. So I didn't realize uh, frame of reference how, what a big guy he is. Yeah, oh, but then again, David argues not a very tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, so I think Mary Custis is actually taller than David argues, and so she's not a very tall. Uh, she's she's very short as well. So, but I love the way they set her up in this movie where when she first arrives and the construction is going on on the the cinema and you know the guy wolf whistles at her and she punches him out and you've had this conversation going on between sprocket and brad about you know who's she oh is she the marketing person and she punches the guy out and they both go she's hired yeah and i love i won't i won't give too much away because you know people might want to watch this but i love how that comes full circle right at the end as well (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I love that 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 gets a callback later on. I mean, and they're very good about those callbacks throughout the film, but I find it really interesting that they cast these three better known Australian actors. And so they interrupt the overdub of the film to give you stuff like the flooded projection booth and the bonfire and them beating the shit out of each other just to bring things back to these three actors who actually aren't a big part of the movie when you consider that they're not the ones doing the voiceover. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta remember they're also very good friends with Des Menigan. So they've they've done them they've done the movie probably as a favor to him. because <laughs> um, I tell you, they probably wouldn't have got paid heaps. Uh, so they weren't there to win awards. They were just there for, you know, um, because I think David Argue and Des Manigan have done quite a few things together. 
Okay. And Des knew Mary obviously through the whole Effie kind of thing and being on like like being a writer on comedy shows and everything like that, and her being a part of them, so they would have known each other through that. So. Gotcha. Now, how well known? I mean, it sounds to me like Des Manigan is a lot better known than my research would have led me to believe. I mean, that's they said that's why they hired these three actors because Mangan wasn't that well known. How well known is he? And is Sally Patience? If you, if you ask any, if you ask anybody under thirty, <laughs> they probably won't know who he is because he's not doing what he was doing anymore. Um, but then again, you, you know, porn on the internet now, so you don't need him. Um, <laughs> You sound disappointed by that. You know, it's just free porn is just ruined the just ruined the whole. I don't know. There was a, there was just a whole. I guess a whole romantic uh, like. I'm trying to find the proper words, but the, like it was a there was kind of a whole romance behind. You know, um, not just being able to get your phone out and watch porn, but having to wait for that Friday and Saturday night at ten o'clock at night. And like waiting to see what the movie was, or even getting like the book, like the TV guide, and having a look and going, like you didn't give a fuck what the movie was called. All you were looking for was that ten o'clock slot, and then looking at the rating, and then all you wanted to see next to that rating was you wanted to see an M or an R rating, an MA or an R rating, and then right next to you, you wanted to see that S, that S and N, sex and nudity. That's all. <laughs> and if you got <laughs> SNV for violence, then you were like, fuck, I might actually watch this full on, not just nut and leave. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it sounds like it was almost uh, ritualistic as opposed oh, to. Oh, yeah. Being- and it, was, it, ju- it just wasn't me. And it's amazing now through my podcast how many people I've talked to about this and how many guys have gone, yes, yes, I miss those days. <laughs> we did exactly the same thing i was like well, yeah that's that's what i'm talking about it's like these kids today growing up will just never have that they'll just you know in in, in 20 years they'll be like having this kind of a um, conversation just like yeah I just flip out my phone and watch a five minutes you know movie of a chick dressed as an elf getting done from behind uh you know that was my childhood um <laughs> This is What the Smut. It's a podcast where we read and talk about supernatural erotica novels. I think you mean romance novels. Eh, maybe some of both. So you don't have to. Hey guys, we should do a supernatural erotica podcast. Oh my god. I guess so. I know how to read. Why smut? I think that specifically supernatural erotica allows us to examine things like power and sexuality outside of the realms of our current societal norms. And it allows me to kind of explore the way I personally feel and reflect on my own sexuality whilst reading these books. That was a good description. You can find us online on Facebook and Instagram at What The Smutcast. Let's wrap this up, people. Who brought the condoms? I think we're gonna need a magnum. So let's talk a little bit about some of the choices they made with the overdub portion of the movie. Because as you said, this is a real movie. It's from the early 60s. Uh, in fact, that was one of my favorite uh, of the end credits is it talked about that it's uh, um, shot in Sydney and somewhere in Spain in 1963. 
<laughs> oh, please, please tell me one of the things you're going to talk about with me is the end fucking song. Have at it, man. The the rap song about Hercules. Oh, my God. It is the greatest form of writing ever. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I realized about halfway through that I wasn't paying it enough attention, and I meant to go back and re-listen to it, and I haven't gotten a chance. All right, after the show, go back and listen to it. And you got to realize this is Des Manigan rapping in Hercules' voice. <laughs> That's what blows your mind. You're like, wow, he's actually like singing in Hercules' voice, rapping. And he just pretty much like raps about the whole movie, like goes through the whole movie and raps it. That's, yeah. I mean, I, as I said, about halfway through, I picked up on what was going on and I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it's, it's an interesting choice for end credits. <laughs> the whole, the whole movie, the whole movie is on um, uh, YouTube to watch. And if yes. you have a look at, and if you have a look at most of the, um, the, the comments it's people saying, oh, thank God this version has the song because <laughs> that's what they want to listen to. Oh, are there versions that don't have the song? Yeah, they'll just cut that. They'll just cut it at the end. Like it will just go the end credits, and then that's it. They won't actually like play the song. And this one version, you know, has the whole entire song until it finishes, and that's all people care about. Yeah, yeah. It's not an incredibly long movie either. An hour and sixteen minutes. Yeah, including the the credits. Yeah, including the rap song at the end. Yeah, yeah. The the the. The way they approach Hercules, I just found really funny that, and I mean, the review mentioned the fact that he's like uh, a singer, you know, and I, I, I found it funny. I think the negative review kind of looked down upon it, but I found it funny, the consistency they had with Hercules uh, leaving a scene, singing a song or starting to break out into a, into a lounge song and being interrupted or that kind of thing. I thought that was a great running gag that they it's, had. It's a total, it's a total different take of it. Well, it's, it's the take on Hercules that it's like mix, it mixes the take on Hercules everyone wants. Like, oh, what if he was just a big idiot? Right. If pinhead. A big idiot. Like, yeah, a pinhead as gets used a lot in the in, in the movie. Um, and, you know, what if he's, he doesn't want to be necessarily Hercules, but he wants to be a famous lounge singer? <laughs> that's that's what he is. He, like he just he wants to be a lounge singer. That's all he wants to be, and he just keeps breaking out in song. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old <laughs> right. <tree." laughs> yeah. So he's his goal in the movie. Uh, I don't know what it is in the original film. Have you seen the original film? The the yeah, Samson. But I, don't, I don't understand Italian, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the the way they write it, his goal is to become a lounge singer at the Pink Pantheon, which they they essentially have made into you know instead of it being this huge Parthenon style building, they claim it's a nightclub. <laughs> yep. And then, and 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 his goal as his task as given by Zeus, but not really Zeus, is that he is to marry the leading lady who they have dubbed Labia. <laughs> I think specifically so they can get the joke in. Get your hands off my labia. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up. The bit, the bit, the bit before what she, like, a labia actually says to him cracks me up every time because it's such an Aussie saying. Like, what is it? She's like, he's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh, I'm always saving young virgin. She goes, virgin. I've seen more knobs than the locksmith. <laughs> right. Get your left now. Get your left hand off my tit and put me down. <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> I wrote down that locksmith line because that one cracked me up. The uh, yeah, virgin. <laughs> That's so wrong. The, some of the the funnier lines that I well, actually no. Let's continue on the name. So they they name some of the other characters. Uh, Labia doesn't want anything to do with Hercules because she wants to marry Testiculi. Testiculi. Now, did you if if you were smart, you would have heard. Oh, not smart, but if you were quick with the ears, you would have heard right at the end of the movie. Um, what the narrator the narrator says. Did you hear what he says about them too? I, I I've heard it. I don't remember it. I don't think. So right at the end, he's like, oh. And as their names sake, they're destined to meet each other, Testiculi and Lavia. <laughs> I, I did catch that they adopt Stretch, which is the name of the short person. <laughs> what is it? Don't, don't, um, don't um, he's only little. I'll only hurt him a little then. That's right. I loved that line. And I, and I appreciate the Australians showing a, uh, a, a bit of decorum and not having a midget tossing joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, Lord of the Rings even had a had a dwarf tossing uh, joke in it. So, but isn't that isn't that an Australian thing? Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, we. I, I think it's been banned because people from other countries just went absolutely mental over it. Um, used to be able to hire. There used to be a, a company, and these guys actually did it. It wasn't like a forcing. These guys used to um, used to be able to hire like uh, four or five midgets to come to your um, party, and used to have a game where um, you used to toss them used to be able to throw them and see who could get the furthest. <laughs> you, you get the furthest. I know it sounds really horrible, but <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> so I'm guessing you've done this. Oh, I was at a party once, yes. But they're like the 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 guys who are the guys who are doing it, like the 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 little people or whatever the midgets. They're like encourage it. Like they're getting paid. Like he's good and like. It's not like they're like sad midgets that like I can only do this to make money. Like they want to be there. Like they're like encouraging it, and they like doing other games and everything like that. Like it's so it wasn't something like we were forcing these people to do. It's just yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> All right, another name that they had uh, machismo. <laughs> machismo or is it magismo? Are you talking about the uh, the the man the man who wear comfortable shoes? I yes. Yeah. Yes. Magizma. <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of lots of very effeminate behavior for a movie about huge muscle bound guys. I'll fight you in one condition. Yeah. You lower your nipples. <laughs> that's oh my god that scene i you know and again that's not anything that this cast has done because that's part of the original movie yeah. but the fact that those two characters uh, uh samson and what is it, ursus face off and they're they're like flexing their pecs and that's part of the fight <laughs> yeah and like how they call out like there's a bit in the fight where he throws a punch and doesn't even connect, but the guy gets flown by and like, they actually address it in the tongue. He goes, right. I'll make it easy for you. After this one, this next one won't even connect. And he does it. <laughs> like, right. oh, <laughs> that cracked me up. The, the Scottish brogue for Ursus was an interesting choice as well. <laughs> uh, my favorite character, my favorite character is still got to be Samson though. Like, um, like he just, I don't know the whole human delight, like that whole scene. Uh, where he's like, he's, he's taking him out and she's like, don't slam the door. And he like fucking slams it so shut that everything like falls and he goes, Ooh. 
<laughs> I'll pick this up, put it back up here, and don't slam the fucking door, Samson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so there was a, another, I, there's a lot of references to, um, especially at the time, you know, this is 1993 contemporary artists. There's a, a reference in there to Kylie Minogue. There's a, a pretenders. I will walk 500 miles reference in there. There's an, I know what boys like, which is a little outdated. There's an Olivia Newton, John joke in there. Um, I, I didn't get the, Oh, that's right. Physical, physical. I didn't get the uh, my, my, my Delilah. Oh, because that's an English song. And why, why, why? It's a Tom Jones song called My Delilah. Okay. So Tom Jones sung a song called, uh, yeah, My Delilah. And it goes, why, 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 Delilah, my. And that's how it goes. And that's what her name is, Delilah. So he starts singing it and she's like, don't you even think about like finishing the rest of that. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a Tom Jones song called Delilah. Okay. I, I love Tom Jones, but I will admit I'm not up on his entire catalog. <laughs> So what is, what's your favorite one-liner from the movie? My favorite, like, I've got a, I, the big poop one is probably one of my favorites. Just the way they react. Like when um, Ursus is uh, trying to provoke Samson into a fight in the pub and he's like, uh, does your mother know how to sew? Yeah, tell her to put a few stitches into this and he smacks him. And, he's like, <laughs> and then, and then, because Samson has had his haircut, he's like a big wuss, and he's like, he goes, "You know, what you are, you're a big poop." And the other guy, he's like, "Oh, big poop!" <laughs> <laughs> like that's the worst thing to ever say. Um, my favorite scene in the whole movie, and it's it, and people just don't understand why, but it fucking cracks me up every fucking time I say it. It's the chickens. The chickens. So there's a scene where he's Samson's just had his hair cut. He's just woken up. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He's walking out and there's these two chickens. <laughs> it's such an Australian thing. These two chickens are like walking and they're like dubbing the chickens' voices and like, murk, 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 murk. and then they're right. like, it's almost like they give up. They like stand there and they went, fuck this for a joke. And they just like walk off. So that cracks me up, but it's even funnier because he keeps walking, like Samson keeps walking out and this other chicken comes out and goes, oh shit, miss me cue, act normal for a bit, act normal, nah, fuck this. (laughs) Yeah, it gets, it's kind of like the joke you said about the next one won't even connect, you know, it's, it gets, they get very meta about the movie's flaws in their uh, comedic track about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But if, if you, if, if to answer your question, my favorite one-liner in the whole entire movie is when, at the end, when that big fight at the beer garden <laughs> happens and that guy goes and, like, they're about to burn Labia. And the guy goes and goes, while you're standing in that bucket, I'm going to borrow this. And he pulls the guy's sword out and he goes, he, like, cuts her open. The guy goes, what are you doing? He goes, you said we were going to have a porn and prawn night, not a bloody barbecue. <laughs> I was going to put as my favorite line. <laughs> yeah, that was a great, that was a great bit. I love how he goes, while well, you're standing in that bucket. And all it is, it's just an illusion because the guy is obviously standing behind the bucket and he just looks like he's standing in the bucket. Right. <laughs> and did like just, while you're standing in that bucket. 
But the porn and prawn night was like funny. And there's like little bits that people miss, like little little things. If they're not like it's it's a movie you have to focus on because a something a joke will be set up like five minutes before the actual joke happens, right? Like or or a couple of seconds. Like there's a bit where um uh, testicular is talking to his dad. And he's like, oh, he's just pa- he's just paranoid that every you know people are trying to run him over. And like two seconds later, a like a horse runs past him really close, but it's like a donkey's uh, thing. Like, and it, like as soon as he says it, but then about three minutes later, two he nearly gets hit by horses and he goes, oh, then it got me. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just things like that, and the whole like they obviously didn't know how to like. I love. Like I I've seen the original movie and I still don't know what is going on with the dad and why he's walking and acting like the way he is. But I just Wait. love in the movie that they've gone, yeah, he owns a beer garden and he's constantly just on the verge of drunkenness. Um, right. <laughs> and, and the whole prawns, like, <laughs> like him hanging off things, they've just made him out to be puking everywhere. And he's like, I had those, I had prawns earlier and they must have been fucking off. <laughs> yeah, it's very cleverly done. I will I will say that. Like a lot of there there's a very good foundation um laid that y- yeah, you have to be paying attention to in order to get a later joke. And it's not that if you don't get the later joke, you you don't it it doesn't ruin it if you miss that joke, but it's something you could catch on a later viewing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and yeah, it, it, like it's one of those movies you can watch three or four times. And then pick up new stuff every time you watch it. Right. You'll be like, oh, I didn't get that. Jo- I didn't. I missed that joke the first time, or I didn't get what he meant, but now I do. Like it's, um, <laughs> it's just one of the, like I, I I've watched it. Like I, I watched it tonight, and there was things I I watched it again tonight just to be you know up on my up on my stuff because I was like worried that you were going to ask me all like these really hard questions, and I was like, oh, this is a test, and I have to <laughs> watch scrub up. <laughs> So I watched it. I watched it again. I was like, oh, there was bits in it. I was like, oh, I don't remember that bit. Uh, like there was a bit there right at the end. Like he's like, um, uh, the fight right at the end with the pool, and he's like, all right, everyone, let's uh, let's let's have this fight. And he goes, and then he turns to the first guy and he goes, except for you, you can go into the pool. And he punches him and he goes in the pool. I miss that joke every time I've watched it. I've only just realized that joke tonight. I was like, that was that was actually funny, like the way they did it. And the oh, has anyone noticed that this this water is like really brown and really blue in some parts, like a swimming right. pool, like a swimming pool. <laughs> All right, man, let's uh, head into the ending credits here. We've got a couple of uh, games to play before we're done. Uh, first up is the algorithm says this is a list of movies that various algorithms say you will like because you liked Hercules returns. So this is kind of a lightning round of responses. Do you like these movies? Do you not like these movies? Have you not seen them? That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also we kind of tend to really quickly talk about, you know, what's the connection? How are they connected? Because some of these is pretty obvious. In fact, most of these is pretty obvious, but, uh, all right. So first up we have the castle. I love it. This is an Australian film I know nothing about. You need to watch it. Okay. Yeah, you need to watch it. Okay. Tell him he's dreaming. (laughs) You'll you'll understand that reference once you watch it. All right. I will. I'll add it to my list. Um, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. (laughs) How can you not like that movie? (laughs) Um, Please tell me you've done that. 
I have not, and it's been on my list for so long. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen that. I need to fix that one. It might be a bit outdated now, now though. But you know, or it yeah. could be one of those, you know, movies that come back and be a, a an anthem for certain certain parts of you know the community. Right. No, I and I'm aware of it for that. That's I think it's still relevant to my understanding. I just need to sit down. And it's watch very it. funny. Um, Hercules Reborn. I have not seen it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's from 2014. It's a one of the many attempts to do a, a modern day Hercules story. Uh, Samson and the Mighty Challenge. That is the actual original film that Hercules Returns is based off. Right, and you said earlier you had seen that. Yeah, I have, so. but like I said, I don't understand that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Acropolis Now. That's Effie. Is that Effie? That's Mary Custis. So that's a TV show that he did. She did with Wogboy. Well, I forget his real name, but he went by the name Wogboy. Um, yeah, that's her. That's her. yeah. We're Australian. We're so PC. Um, <laughs> Effie. Yeah, that's Effie show. Uh, yeah, Mary Custis. Okay. Don's party. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Okay, it's apparently an Australian thing. So. Is it old? Uh, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I, I I just had on my on my list. I just had it noted as it's Aussie. So it's probably Don Lane, who's an American anyway, who came to live in Australia. I think that's who it is. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. Fuck yes. <laughs> you know what? Some people say it's the best Mad Max ever, and I kind of agree. But I mean, Mad Max One was its its thing on its own. You know what I mean? Right. I, I would say Fury Road kind of took the title for best Mad Max film. But after that, I would say Road Warrior. Oh, see, Fury Road is yeah, it's not Mad Max. Oh, okay. All right. And did you know <laughs> the guy who plays the villain in um, Fury Road, the guy with the big white dude with the mask, he's the original villain in the first Mad Max toe cutter. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. You learn every day. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. A couple more. No escape. Yes. Now, oh, is, wait. Is this the Ray Liotta one? Yes, it is. Yes. Fucking. It's actually called, it's called No Escape, and it's also called Escape from Absalom, which is a fucking a magnificent film. Love it. Now, why is it on this list though? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have no idea because I only watched, I only rewatched it like last week um, because I was reviewing it. <laughs> are you like are you like google like is this if you got like instant like searching <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna say maybe it, maybe it pulled off of your algorithm i don't know i don't know but brilliant film i love it okay i frankenstein Ooh, uh i have seen it um it's a good popcorn flick but i, I wouldn't say it's something i'd go back and watch over and over okay and lastly, The Legend of Hercules, also from 2014. So there were two 2014 Hercules movies. The Legend of Hercules, I think, is that the one with the guy from... I think I know which one. I have seen that one. It's... Uh, it's not stars- the rock one, is it? No, it's no it stars Kellen Lutz. Ken- Kellen Lutz, that's who I was trying to say. He's from uh, Twilight. Yeah, um, yeah, I have seen that one. I actually thought that one was a better version than the one that The Rock did. 
<laughs> Interesting. We always end with a four question pop quiz. It's four multiple choice questions based somewhat on the movie, although this one I had to go a little wider. Say, this is why I watched the movie because I knew this was happening. <laughs> well, the movie didn't give me a ton to work with, so it's it's a little wider, but hopefully you'll do well on it. Because, uh, you know, this is high stakes. You know, the world is on the line here. Oh, shit. Sorry, <laughs> All right. Please, number please. one. <laughs> Hercules Returns is this podcast's first foray into Australian cinema. What is the top grossing Australian film? A, Crocodile Dundee, B, Australia, C, The Road Warrior, or D, Happy Feet? Uh, uh, It'd have to be out of Australia and Happy Feet. Uh, I think it's Australia. It is Crocodile Dundee. Um. And this is what I was talking about. That difference is that the movie made 325 million worldwide and it made 47.7 million in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <man. sighs> See, I, I love Crocodile Dundee's. It's so one and two were great. And then everything else after that was shit. I, I, I stopped watching after one. <laughs> oh, no, two is actually the best. I, I, I think two is better than the first one. Okay. All right. Number two. By comparison, approximately how much did Hercules Returns gross? A, 60,000, B, 320,000, C, 780,000, or D, 1 million? Oh, I think it was 60,000, wasn't it? No, it was 320,000. Well, there you go. Did, did pretty fair. Number three, in an interview with David Parker, the director of Hercules Returns revealed he was contacted by the original director of the film they are overdubbing. How did the original director respond to their comedy? A, he wished them luck and the movie's success. B, he unleashed a flood of Italian profanity. C, he put a curse on the production and Parker in particular. Or D, he asked Parker to get him some coffee and dessert. (laughs) Yeah, what? Because I know what an Australian's answer would have been. I reckon it's number three, the uh, curse and the profanities and shit like that. <laughs> no, actually, he wished them luck. Oh, there you go. What a legend. Yeah, he, he was he was classy about it, apparently. And you know what? I reckon David would have gone, cheese, cheese, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lastly, sadly, one of this movie's claims to fame is, is that it was the last film for one of its cast members. It was the last movie for whom? A, Michael Carmen, B, Nicholas Poltis, C, Frank Thring, or D, Richard Moss? I think it was Nicholas Poltis. No, it was Frank Thring who voiced Zeus. Ah, right, no. It's really, yeah, I just, I just watch films. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> that, that proves it. <laughs> All right, man, where can people find you? Uh, you, you have a network to promote, even. Yeah, I uh, I run a network called Generation Random Network. Um, you can find us on Facebook on Generation Random Network. Uh, otherwise, my my uh, my three shows, my podcasts are Thanks But No Thanks, uh, which is Reviews with a Twist, which is uh, the one I do with my dad where we give an album and a movie to each other that we know each other will hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... And we have to review it and listen to it. So it's pretty funny. I've given my dad movies such as Freddy Got Fingered. Um, oh, God. The, the Room and the one he just did was Bad Taste by Peter Jackson. Oh, by Peter Jackson. Yeah. 
Yeah, he really loved that one. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, we do that. That's pretty fun. We do that live on Twitch every second Monday, and also you can find it on Spotify and everything. I've got uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is uh, if you liked any of my profanity or my ways of thinking uh, tonight in this show, then you'll love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, where I'm very un-PC. <laughs> and, and, and so I do that with a, uh, a co-host called It's Beefer, who's also a streamer on Twitch. Um, you can find that on Spotify and you can follow it on um, Facebook on uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or DRS. And uh, I also got my my main show, which is Generation Random um, podcast, where I interview random people, so celebrities or just normal people, um, ask them about their lives and everything, and then ask them very random, weird, funny questions at the end, uh, kind of like your little lightning round there, which is really good. So you can find that on Spotify. That's not live on Twitch, so that that you can find that on Spotify and everything. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's me at the moment. And then I've got streamers and other podcasters um, on on the network as well. Fantastic. So where do people find the network as a whole? Uh, so the two main places is Facebook, so Generation Random Network on Facebook, um, but where you'll find everybody and you can talk to everybody is on our Discord. So um, just just hit us up on any of our Facebook pages and ask for the Discord link or come and look at me on Twitch, which is Generation Random Network. Come follow and you can get the Discord there and you can follow us all. Come and join live shows, talk to us during our live shows, give us questions, you know, tell us how shit we are. It's it's all it's all it's all love. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Well, thank you for uh, introducing me to Australian cinema because <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, not that I haven't seen Australian movies before, but it, it was really interesting to sit down and, and chat with you from that perspective. So I really appreciate it. No, I've I've absolutely loved uh, I've absolutely loved this, man. It's uh, been a really it's a bit different being a guest than doing it myself. So uh, feels refreshing. Feels refreshing having the questions asked. And you made it through the whole podcast without using the C word. I did. I did. Do you want me to use it now just for like... Sure. Why don't we sign off with that? (laughs) Jeez, cunt. (laughs) So that does it for this week, but you can keep the conversation going throughout the week on social media. Share your thoughts about Hercules Returns or tell me about a movie maybe you'd like to come on the show and talk about. You can find me at Talon Hess. That's T-A-L-N-H-E-S-S on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can find the show at Have Not Seen This on Twitter, on Facebook, where at Have Not Seen This Podcast, or you can email me at havenotseenthis at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, including next week's episode. Time! One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No! I'll crush you with my bare hands! This podcast is available through all major podcast sources. Positive ratings and reviews are always welcome, as is just sharing the podcast with a friend and spreading the love. And if you like World of Warcraft or other Blizzard games, be sure to check out my other podcast, Citizens of Azeroth, a World of Warcraft podcast, also available through all major podcast sources. Special thanks to Chris Talent for our wonderful theme song, and thanks to Chris for providing this week's conversation. Until next week, I'm Rafe Telsch, and this has been Have Not Seen This. Be kind to each other.